Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. And, but summer's about family. Uh, it seems like summer, it's more just us a lot of the time. And so uh, in the summer, we deal with issues that are about us. And so today's word is a heavy word. We, we are in, uh, this, in a season where I really believe that God is calling us to go deeper and to become more hungry and desperate for him. You say, well, why, Steve? Because uh, we are making room for what God wants to do here. Uh, just so you'll know, next week I'll equip you with some invitation cards to hand out to family and friends. Uh, they're going to cause some interest, I guarantee you, I promise you. I'm going to give you a t-shirt next week that we're going to encourage you to wear throughout the week and then to wear it on the first Sunday of our uh, Alien series. Is, uh, we're doing, getting ready to do a series called Aliens. I promise you those t-shirts will gain attention. We're sending out a bulk uh, postcard uh, to 10,000, every home in Bethany, 10,000 homes, inviting people to come and be a part of this series and be a part of our five-year anniversary. But... I say all that to say this, if they show up here and they don't find a people that are desperate for God and hungry for God and have encountered God, then we are wasting their time. We, we are advertising to them something that we cannot fulfill. We are telling them that they can come and join us and find people that have found God and we have got to become hungry again for Him. And so I've been in this series, uh, started it last week and I hope it's been challenging you uh, and it's going to be a special day as we, we move on in a little deeper than where we are. At the end, we're going to do a baby dedication, which I always love to do because it's about new things. And what God is, it's just, I think, representation of what God is trying to do here. But last week, I laid down, I thought, how do I describe what I said to you last week? Uh, last week, I threw down a gauntlet, if you will. I, in essence, challenged everybody that was here to check your hunger level. How hungry are you? How desperate for a move of God are you really? Because the issue is this. Uh, when Jesus walked the face of this planet and he encountered hungry folks, he responded. And what we discovered was that when Jesus saw that they were hungry, he said, what do you have? And they said, we don't have much. We have a few loaves and a few fish. They had a supply issue. They didn't have enough. But our issue is not supply issue. I came to tell you last week and just want to remind you that God is more than enough. His grace is sufficient. He has more cattle on a, on a thousand hills. He's got more provision, more healing, more breakthrough, more freedom than you will ever be able to access or ever need to access. You will never diminish His supply. So our issue is not supply. Our issue has changed. Our issue is not supply. Our issue is demand. We no longer are as hungry as we once were. We no longer uh, put the demand on the supply of God like we used to. We can take it or leave it. I can make my life without it just as well as I can with it. I don't place any demand on Him anymore because I'm apathetic. We have allowed apathy to overtake our appetite so that we are not as hungry for God as we once were. 
I don't want to diminish what God has done for you in the past. I can stand up here today and testify to you that about 20, uh, say I'm 44, 30 years ago, uh, almost, almost 30 years ago, about 28 years ago, I had an encounter with God at a camp that changed my life forever. I can stand up here and tell you testimonies of special times in my home church where I saw God move and my life was uh, disrupted by the presence of God and God changed me and challenged me. But I just came to tell you that 30 years ago ain't good enough now. That the, the encounter that you had, the, the face-to-face experience you had with God 20 years ago cannot be sufficient now. You need fresh manna. You need fresh oil. You need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost today. And I'm trying to challenge you to become hungry again. It's a demand issue. We don't demand anymore. And so I've been trying to challenge you. I hope that the the power of the Holy Spirit has been working on you and causing you to grow hungry again. Where you come to this place where you're not satisfied coming to church and marking time. And not satisfied going a week without encounter Him. And going a a month without seeing a move and seeing people around you sick and desperate. and, And people around you depressed and broken and not doing anything about it. It's my birthday. I'm going to be mean. I want us to go further. I want us to understand that God is bringing this body to a place where we are so hungry for a move of God that we will do whatever it takes. 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. Listen to this account. Learn from this account. simply says this. Now there were four men with leprosy. At the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we, if we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans, their enemies, and surrender. And if they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. And when they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of the chariots and the horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. And the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and they entered one of the tents and they ate and they drank. Then they took silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them and they returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also then they said to each other get this what we are doing is not right the this is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves if we wait until daylight punishment will overtake us let's go at once and report this to the royal palace few things I want to say to you this morning I want to declare to you that desperate measures reveal the desperate say that again to you desperate measures reveal the desperate for leprous men are overtaken by hunger sickness they are they they come to the place in their life where they are sick of being hungry how many of you have ever been sick and tired How many of you know you don't get through being sick and tired until you get sick of being tired? 
These folks, these four men, they were so hungry that they got sick of being hungry. They came to this place where, where they recognized, I am tired of being like this. I just came to tell somebody this morning that until we come to the point of being so sick of, of dealing with less than and we become sick of partial healing and sick of partial breakthrough and sick of partial victory and sick of partial freedom, then we will remain halfway healed, halfway set free, halfway delivered, halfway revived halfway alive until we come to the place that we find ourselves where we say I'm sick of being like this we will never change they became so sick of their hunger that they conclude that they could either sit there and die or get up and try something and possibly die in their attempt they, they had this epiphany, if you will, this revelation. Maybe I, I should say this to you. Maybe we need to come to this place because they came to this place where they said, we are dead if we do, dead if we don't. But I'd rather die trying. See, I, I, I wished I could make a, a different declaration to you this morning, but I believe the truth, uh, uh, the truth of the fact and the, the, the reality that we live in is this. Famine has overtaken our land. I wished I could stand up here and give you a different news account and a different news report and say that everything is great and everybody's blessed and everybody's happy and, and it's a great day. But what I am saying to you this morning is that the reality is, is that our land has become overtaken by famine. It's not a matter of whether people go to church or not. There are churches all across this city and all across this region and all across this nation that are packed out this morning with people. It's not the fact that they're not attending church. People are attending church. The problem is, is that the famine has come into the church and what you discover is that people are hanging out with God, but it has no impact on their appetites and it has no impact on their attitudes and it has no impact on their finances. It has no impact on their, on their behavior or their habits or their relationships. There's a famine in the land. But it's not just in the house. There's famine outside the church too. The fact that people can walk into a movie theater and kill people they don't even know reveals there's a famine. The fact that people are, are being taxed with economic destruction reveals that there is a famine. The fact that people are abusing prescription drugs to get away and to check out and to dull themselves reveals that there is a famine. The people that the, the fact that people are overcome by pain and despair and distress teaches and tells us there's a famine. And I got news for you. It has nothing to do with which political party you're a part of. Some of y'all waiting on November, hoping that November will break the famine. I got news for you. It don't matter what party they in. They ain't breaking no famine. Government does not have the ability to break the famine that we're talking about. We are talking about a famine that can only be dealt with by God. And what I am saying to you is that we have got to come back to this place where we come into this 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 hunger and thirst for God again, this desperation for Him where we literally say, I am dying and those around me are dying and rather than turning my nose up and ignoring it or just pacifying my own conscience, I will come to the place where I am so desperate for Him, I will try anything. Desperation. Desperate measures reveal the desperate. So what about you reveals any desperation towards God? Does your worship reveal desperation for God? 
are you just getting your praise on? Get my, my, my slick praise. I'm just going to get me a little groove going. Y'all look how good I can praise. Y'all can't handle me. I can, man, I can pray. But where's the desperation at? Does anything about your calendar reveal any desperation towards God? I know you're desperate to get to the lake. But any desperation level towards God at all? See, I told you I was going to be mean on my birthday. Does anything about your giving level Show any desperation to God. I'm not talking about your tithe. We, we, we're obligated. We, it turns to delight eventually. But, but according to Scripture, even Jesus says we ought to give what we're supposed to give. We are obligated. You ought to give. We are. Yeah, I knew I couldn't get no help. I, I'm talking about moving out of just doing what we got to do to a level of sacrifice that we become so desperate. What about how I handle my finances shows that I'm desperate for Is there anything in your actions or is there anything in your attitude? Is there anything in your lifestyle that reveals any level of desperation towards God? Get up and do something. We can sit here and we can embrace death and we can throw away any hope and we can languish in despair and if we can accept starvation or instead we can become a people that become so desperate that we do desperate things to get a touch from God because I have declared to you and I will continue to declare to you to the day I die that the proof of desire is pursuit in other words just talking about being hungry and just singing about being hungry does not mean we're hungry in fact even attending church does not prove that you're hungry. I declare to you that it is about what happens in our heart when we sing about hunger that reveals whether we're hungry or not. I declare to you that it is about our expectation level when we arrive at church that reveals whether we're really desperate or not. Our actions prove our hunger or the lack thereof. Can I, can I just be real with y'all? I'm going to be real. It's my birthday. Let me tell you the life cycle of most churches. They start, we're, we're going to turn five at the end of this, this month. They start. And they panic because there's nobody around. They can't pay the bills. They don't know how they're going to keep the lights on. The electric company calls and says, hey, I'm going to have to cut you off. I know you're going to burn up, but it's just going to be the way it is. And they get desperate, and they go out, and they share the good news. People fill the house, and then they become apathetic because as soon as all the light bills are paid and we can keep the lights on and the air on and keep you satisfied, then what we do is we become worried about stupid stuff like, I don't like that carpet color. They're sitting in my chair. They ain't sung my song in six straight weeks, and if they don't sing my song, I'm going to go find somebody that will. I don't like the volume level. You better get it more down a little bit, up a little bit. It's not cold enough in here. I don't like your program. I don't like the fact that the pastor didn't speak to me today. Who does he think he, we, when fishermen don't fish, they fight. And when we lose our desperation level, we begin to use that energy on us, and we forget about what's going on around us. Apathy overtakes us. So what I am challenging you 
is that if we are going to invite people to come and be a part of this, then we better get desperate enough that when they get here, we'll have something to offer them. Because if you're just as jacked up as they are when they get here, and you ain't got no more of God in you than they got when they got here, then we are doomed. And they could sue us for false advertising. Let desperation arise. Why? Because, here's the truth, desperation drives God. Stick with me. I want you to go back to this account, and I want you to realize something. As I read this account, maybe you see something I don't see. Apparently, these lepers must have had great, earth-moving, earth-shaking faith. Right? I mean, they were filled with faith. No, they weren't. They had no faith at all. If we stay here, we die. If we get up and go to the enemy's camp, we're going to die. So let's just die. There ain't no faith in that. There was no faith to move God. The, 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 the fact is that some desperate guys got hungry enough and desperate enough that they got up and did something, and by simply getting up and proving hunger, God responds. And so I came to tell you this morning a truth that you need to get in your spirit, and is this. Hunger brings harvest. Willingness to step out and chase after God brings a rout of the enemy that they didn't even plan and that they didn't even fight. They, listen to this, see if this just sparks some distant faint memory for you. They reaped in a field that they didn't even plant. Some of y'all are going, what are you talking about? That's a promise that we were given a long time ago, that the day was going to come when we would reap in vineyards that we did not plant, and we would go into fields and we would reap things that we didn't even sow, and victories that we had nothing to do with would come our way. All of that is produced when people become hungry again. See, I know some of you have been asking God to respond to your praise. And I know some of you have been hoping that God would respond to your faithfulness. And I know that some of you have been depending that God, God is probably going to respond to my gift. What I came to tell you is that God responds to hunger. When someone is willing to risk everything, when someone becomes desperate enough to step out, God always steps in. When, you are, when are you going to stand up and do something? When are you going to prove your hunger? I, I want you to notice something about this account. I want you to notice the vessels that God uses to bring unlikely miracles onto the scene. See, they, these four lepers, they were outcasts. They, they weren't even in the city. They couldn't get in the city. They had to sit at the gate. They were nobodies. They were, they were diseased. They were unlikely. They, 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 they were not allowed into the mainstream of society. But these are the ones that God uses to break the famine. Listen to me. Not only in their own house, this is important, but he uses unlikely vessels to break the famine in an entire region. I want you to notice it wasn't the strong. It wasn't the gifted. It wasn't the spotless. It was the desperate. 
So what I want to say to you this morning, and I want you to hear me clearly. If you don't hear anything else, hear me this morning. We may not be the brightest. Talk about yourself, Steve. Don't talk about me. Okay. I may not be the brightest. We may not be the best. We may not be the strongest or the slickest. We may not be the bravest or the, or, or the, the, the most gifted or the most gorgeous. But I came to tell you this morning that I will trade in all the bright. I will trade in all the best. I will trade in all the strong. I will trade in all the slick. I will trade in all the brave. I will give up all the gifted and the gorgeous for some desperate folks. Because this is what I know. When we become desperate, we get God's attention. See, I, I'm just not sure your gift can get his attention. Well, you don't know how gifted I am. It don't matter. You think God's sitting up in heaven going, good gracious, I never thought they'd be that gifted. Where did that come from? I came. Did you see them play that instrument? I cannot. I'm glad you can sing. But that, I'm not sure that's going to get his attention. I'm glad you can drama. But some of you got to understand, I'm not sure that's going to get God's attention. I'm glad that some of you think you're the best usher on the face of the planet. But the reality is, I'm not sure that's going to get his attention. I'm glad you're eloquent. See, I'm just not convinced that you can be so eloquent that God will turn his ear towards you. I mean, come on. Uh, you just, you've never heard me pray, Steve. Man, I can pray. If you just give me a microphone. I, man, I'm, ooh, I can preach. Oh, I'm so eloquent. Eloquent, man. I got poetry. I can rhyme. Man, I, I'm a poet and you don't even know it. I mean, it just kind of flows out of me. Yeah, how do you compare to David? David on the backside of the desert wrote some of the most eloquent psalms and poetry and worship tunes ever heard on the face of the planet. You think God's impressed with your little song? Well, I think that God is going to pay attention to me because I'm strong. You just don't know how strong I am. How you compare to Samson? Then God's going to be impressed with your little strength? Listen. I'm not sure that your gift is going to get his attention. I'm not sure that your eloquence will ever tune his ear to your cry. I'm not sure that your strength will impress him. All I know is this. When people get so desperate that a guttural cry comes up out of their spirit and says, God, we need your help. We need your hand. We need a move of your Holy Spirit. We need revival. We need breakthrough. We need healing. I know that that will garner the attention of God. I'm sure of this, when weak, desperate people call on the name of the Lord, according to this account, he will remove armies and obstacles and sickness and anything else to arrive on the scene on our behalf. How desperate are you? You'll remember last week that I mentioned that I would come back to leftovers every time Jesus dealt with hunger, he blessed to a leftover level. The same is true in this Old Testament account when God shows up into this, on this scene. The Bible says that these, these lepers walk into a blessing that, they, that is so great they can't even contain it. Now they try. They try to contain it and keep it all to themselves. But the level of blessing was so great that they come to this conclusion that I need you to get into your spirit this morning. If we are going to become what God has called us to become, 
then we've got to understand this. Leftovers are for the left out. God leaves leftovers. God produces leftovers. God doesn't just want to bless you till you have enough. Oh, God, just bless me so I have enough baloney. God wants to bless you at a press down, shaken together, and running over level. And he does that on purpose. He does that intentionally because leftovers are for the left out. Too often what happens is we become satisfied when our need is met. When we have a good altar time, when I have a few moments and and an encounter with his presence, and when I taste and see that his goodness is so great, then I will settle and I will soak and I will sour and will devour and use all that God has done on us. I need us to come to the place where these four lepers came to. Now that you've got your need met, now that you've got your praise on, now that you've got your dance back, now that you've got your song back, now that you've got your family back, now that you've got your freedom back, now that you've got whatever it is you've got back, then I need you to come to the place where you recognize that leftovers are provided for the left out. That if we are experiencing a blessing that is so great that we cannot contain it, then he is positioning us to reach out to those that are left out. In fact, one of the most piercing statements that should cut us to the quick out of this entire account is when the lepers look at one another after an amazing altar service, after they've experienced powerful spiritual warfare, after they've sung the song that pushed their button, they come to this, this realization and they make this statement. They say, what we're doing is not right I just came to tell you that if you're still coming to church to get yours you've missed it if that now, do I want your need met absolutely don't don't misunderstand me if you got a need I want you to get it met but the reality is is that some of you've been coming here for five years your needs have been met and you still show up every Sunday going I wonder if I'm gonna get anything from God how much do you need? Happy birthday to me. <laughs> what we're doing is not right. If we're not careful, we will use up the blessings of God on us. They say this, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. I just want you to understand this morning that our hunger will always lead us to a place of feeling. If you're hungry, the Bible declares it like this, ask and you shall, knock and you shall. Yeah. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be hunger. See, y'all, y'all ain't even saying it strong because you don't even believe it anymore. I am saying to you that I can money back guarantee you that if we would become hungry at the level that we should be hungry, we will always be filled. Always. Guaranteed. But it must also lead us, that hunger must also lead us to a place where we begin to care enough for those who are left out that that, that, that don't understand the move, that, that are out there in the streets somewhere, and we come to this place where we will share about what God is doing. Because what I've discovered that most of us do is we have an encounter with God, and then we go, well, got mine. My family's saved. Y'all just go on. Y'all just go on. Going to hell in a handbasket, I'm good with that because I got mine. 
we pull the Noah. My family's in the ark. That's all that matters. See, I want you to hear me this morning. I am so thankful that you think our worship is awesome because I do too. I am thankful and humbled that most of you, if not all of you, think that the preaching that goes on here is helpful. Great. Glad you do. Don't want you to go to church where you don't think it's helpful. I am in agreement with you, and I'm thankful that you feel this way about our youth ministry, that you think our youth ministry is the bomb. I am thankful for that. But my question is, is when was the last time you told people that were starving to death that have no clue where to find food about the food that you get to eat every week? When is the last time you took the spirit that you encounter here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever it is you show up here and you actually allow that, the leftovers, to bleed off of your life into your workplace tomorrow? Come in here and praise all you want and get your dance on buck and snort and snot and do it all. But if you still go to work tomorrow and don't tell anybody about it and you stand around the water fountain and listen to people moan and talk about the fact that they're, they're dying and that they're starving, they won't use those terms. But they, in, in other terms, they will talk about they don't know where to find happiness. They can't find any peace. I went to the club on Friday night and I drank myself into oblivion and I woke up Saturday morning sick as a dog and I'm not happy but I'm going to do it again this Friday night because I don't know where to find food. When is the moment that you recognize that God will bless us to a level that he produces leftovers in our life not so that you can squander them and do nothing with them but to usher that same spirit into your workplace on Sunday on Monday morning that you experienced on Sunday morning. That's what it's all about. We are the delivery system that God wants to use and share this harvest with. Listen, we've got to understand that what was true for the lepers on that day is still true for us. If we fail to share, we are doomed. Did you hear what they said? This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. I want to say to you this morning that we cannot escape, sow, and reap. We cannot believe that the principles that God gives us in regards to our money doesn't also apply to every other spiritual aspect of our life. And what God has taught us about our money and what is also true about every spiritual aspect of our life is this. God doesn't like stingy folk. So if we get in here and whoop it up, which I hope we will, I want y'all to get louder every week. And I'm not talking about the sound system, I'm talking about praise. Because sound always precedes manifestation. I, I, I just want you to learn to praise your way through and, and to cause things to come into being by the words that come out of your mouth. I hope we get so loud it hurts. But if we do all that, and we don't share that with anybody, we're doomed. Because God will not bless stingy folks and if we utilize all that blessing on me man y'all don't even know how good church was last week I got so blessed so I'm gonna come back this Sunday because I, I I need some more of that well how many Sundays in a row 
that you need before you suddenly recognize God is pouring all that out on you so that when you walk into Walmart this afternoon and you're walking down an aisle and this little kid is acting like an idiot to his mom, you can walk by and just kind of lay a hand on him and then walk on and all of a sudden he straightens up. Or you walk into your, your, your workplace and they've been struggling under the economic pressure, but all of a sudden because of you, the favor of God comes into that place and they're blessed when everybody else is being destroyed because of you and the leftovers that are flowing out of your life onto them. But we got our praise on. Great. But did it overflow on anybody else? Father, this morning, make us desperate again. Not just desperation talk. I'm praying that you would make us so desperate that we prove our desperation by the actions we take. God, I'm praying that you would once again stir up hunger and a desire for you. God, I do not diminish or discount what you've already done. We've said this before, Father. We mean this entire, I, I mean this sincerely. If you never did anything else, I've been blessed. If you never answer another prayer, I still have reason to praise you. I'm blessed beyond measure. But Father, this morning, I ask that you would stir up a a more in us and I'm asking that you would cause satisfied people to become dissatisfied to the place that they become desperate again for you that they would risk and take chances and attempt something so big that unless you intervene it will fail miserably dead if you do, dead if you don't make us hungry And then, Father, I pray that what you would do is you would raise up a body right here. We may not be the slickest and we may not be the brightest and I doubt we're the strongest. And I know we're not spotless. God, the truth is, is that everybody under the sound of my voice, including me, has issues. We all have a past. But, Father, many of us have allowed that past and allowed our weakness and allowed our lack of strength and lack of, of, of giftedness to become an excuse to sit and die. But this morning, Father, I pray that what you would do is you would allow some unlikely heroes to rise up among us and let a spirit of desperation move you. Hear our hearts cry again. Hear the sound of hearts 
turning back to you. And Father, I pray blessings over my folks. I, I, I just pray that you'd make them so desperate that your heart would be moved to such a degree that you bless them dangerously. That there would be a blessing that would overtake them to the degree that they cannot contain it. They cannot keep it to themselves. God, I come against any stingy spirit in this house. And we refuse to burn up your blessings, burn up miracles, burn up provision on us. We believe our needs will be met. But we also believe that you're calling us to understand that you're going to bless us to a degree that there will be leftovers so that we can go and reach out to those that have been left out. God, there are folks all around us that don't know where to find food. They're hungry. They're trying to find it. They just keep going down the wrong path. I pray in Jesus' name right now that folks in this house would get such a blessing on their life that they would take the spirit of this house to them and they would impact them. And God, I'm asking you not to just stop the famine in our house. I'm asking you to stop the famine in the region. I'm asking for such a level of blessing to overtake this body and overtake the people under the sound of my voice that, God, they would be so blessed. They would be so provisioned. They would be so strong. They would be so healed. They'd be so set free. They'd be so, so delivered that, God, that would bleed off on the whole region. The whole region would be changed as we point people back to you. That's what I'm asking you for, Father. I know you can do it. I ask you to start it this morning and continue it into our, into our future, oh God. In Jesus' name, I want you to stand with me this morning before we transition. This is how we're going to... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.